Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. All right, I know it's early in the morning, but you don't have to be quiet just because it's early, right? Have you ever been around those people that talk real early in the morning and you're just like, that's who? That's Lauren? You, Her. She does that. And, I, yeah, you do that. She's like carrying on conversation. I'm just like, oh, yes. You know how guys do. So uh, you have permission this morning, those of you that are talkers in the morning, to talk and, and make a little noise. I want you to watch this video. It'll kind of set the pace and uh, where we're headed for this new series that we're starting today. going to church as an adult right for the first time when I started going to church and I would walk in and the pastor was like he said I want you to pray with your neighbor and I'm like well, my neighbor don't go to this church I don't know if you, need you want me to call my neighbor on the phone that's creepy I ain't gonna do that right then they explained to me right your neighbor is a person sitting next to you listen I'm brand new at this Christian stuff I don't not I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what I'm to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good, and she must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. <laughs> She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, but seek, S is in search, E is in everywhere, E is in excellent, K is in kingdom. <laughs> You're the Alpha, Nisi, Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. Now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You are good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosy moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because... You know, as the, rec as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I could fly, amen. All right, prayer. Well, prayer is one of the foundational elements of Christianity. Uh, you recognize that people that don't even uh, consider themselves Christians understand that Christians are supposed to pray, right? Uh, you recognize that there are folks that know enough about Christianity or know very little about Christianity that never even want to embrace Christianity that understand that Christians are supposed to pray, right? And yet what I've discovered is that prayer 
tends to be one of the most neglected items or practices in our lives. In fact, one man said like this. He said, of all the duties enjoined by Christian by Christianity, none is more essential and yet more neglected than prayer. And so as Christians, we have this mandate on our life. If we're going to have a healthy relationship with God, then we got to pray. And see, I can't get no help in here already. But uh, see, because you can't separate prayer from Christianity. Without prayer, Christianity is like trying to plant a wheat crop, to, to, to harvest a wheat crop without ever planting any seed. It doesn't happen. It's like trying to build a house without pouring a foundation. It doesn't work. You have to have a prayer life. A relationship without Christ, without prayer, trying to establish a relationship with Christ without prayer is not possible. But what I've discovered is that when you begin to talk to people that consider themselves Christians, most of the time, most people fall into one or two categories when it comes to prayer. Most are confused. They don't understand the mechanics of prayer. They're baffled by how I'm supposed to pray. And they don't, they're like this guy that we watched. He said, man, I don't have the spiritual vocabulary. You stand next to somebody on Sunday morning that's got all the these and the thous and the thines. And you're going, man, I can't do that. And so you become frustrated or, or confused by the, the mechanics of prayer. And so therefore you neglect prayer. The second group I, I've discovered is that uh, there are a lot of frustrated Christians when it comes to prayer. Because what happens is, is that uh, they go, they try to go into prayer, people try to go into prayer, and there's this overwhelming silence. Ever experienced that? It's like you're trying to pray, but it doesn't seem like it gets over about this high. Ever been there? And it's like it bounces back down at you. And so out of frustration, the silence frustrates you so badly that, that you just give up. Or maybe it's the fact that you don't feel like you, can, you know how to communicate and, and it doesn't feel like there's this intimate connection with God. And so what that does is it leads to unbelievable frustration. And so what I want to do is over the course of the next few weeks, uh, I want us to take some glimpses into Scripture, some peaks into Scripture that I believe will help us understand prayer better because here's the here's the truth your christian walk will only be as healthy and only be as strong as your prayer life our church will only be as strong and will only be as healthy as we are in prayer see okay we we get scared when we talk about prayer because of what i'm going to talk about today uh we'll we'll speak to that but so just hang on. I think maybe I can relieve some of the pressure and remove, remove some of the guilt and some of the, not to let you off the hook, but maybe to redefine what's healthy for us and how we should pray. What I want to do is I want to look at a passage of Scripture that is probably, in my opinion, one of the most revealing prayer meetings and prayer sessions ever recorded in Scripture. In fact, what it is, it's the last protracted pull-away prayer session that Jesus will have while he's on the face of the earth. And what happens is during that prayer session, it reveals some very important elements about prayer and the intimacy of prayer that we need to understand. So if you have your Bible, if you don't, it'll be on the screen. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 14, uh, beginning in verse 32. And let's see if we can't get some uh, revelation about what prayer is really about. Here, here it goes. They came to an area called Gethsemane. And Jesus told his disciples, sit here while I pray. 
He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. He told them, I feel bad enough right now to die. I could stop right there and probably preach a little bit because some of you feel that way. Good news, we don't have a high priest that doesn't understand what we feel. He felt like that. I feel bad enough right now to die. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Going a a little ahead, he fell to the ground and prayed for a way out. Listen to what he says. Papa, Father, you can, can't you? Get me out of this. Take this cup away from me. But please, not what I want. What do you want? He came back and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, Simon, you went to sleep on me. Can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert. Be in prayer so you don't enter the danger zone without even knowing it. Don't be naive. Part of you is eager, ready for anything in God, but another part of you is as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. I love, I love that phrase. He w- then went back and he prayed the same prayer, returning. He again found them sound asleep. They simply couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't have a plausible excuse. Moments before the most painful, horrendous season of his life. You do recognize this prayer session took place right before Jesus was going to be beaten beyond recognition, right before he was going to be reviled, right before they were going to pull his beard out, right before they were going to spit on him, right before they were going to place a crown of thorns on his head, right before they were going to nail him to a cross, right before all of that, Jesus pulled away and he has this what is now this famous and often painted portrait of prayer time. You've seen the picture. I can still remember, I think one of the earliest churches I remember had the picture of him at the rock. And there's this glow around him and sweat's coming down his forehead and it's drops of blood, right? They tried to make it as pretty as possible, but this was not a pretty. How many of you know sometimes prayer can't be pretty? He prayed so hard that his sweat became drops of blood. And, and that, that is where we find him. And out of that type of prayer environment where he's completely and totally overwhelmed, what he does is he shows us three levels of intimacy that come from prayer. These are three elements of intimacy that prayer brings into our life. And you've got to understand this intimacy of prayer for your prayer life to be healthy. The first thing it reveals to us is this. You are intimate with who you pray to. Go back and read it. Hear the intimacy of his his phrasing. He says it like this. Papa, Father. His His level of intimacy with God was revealed in this prayer session because he brings us to this place where he cries out to God in the first part, Dad, don't you care about me, Dad? Isn't there something you can do, Dad? Can't you rescue me, Father? Jesus shows us this, that you become intimate with who you pray to. That's why I came to tell you this this morning, that you've got to learn to pray on a regular basis to the Father because it develops intimacy with Him. One man said it like this. He said, those who know God the best are the richest and most powerful in prayer. Little acquaintance with God and strangeness and coldness to Him make a prayer rare and a feeble thing. If you don't spend time in prayer, you're not intimate with Him. That's why prayer is so important. 
you cannot become intimate with God, with a God that you don't pray to. Newsflash, you can worship without intimacy. That's kind of different, isn't it? I can prove it to you. You go back in the Old Testament and you go read the example, the illustration, the account of the day that Elijah squares off against the prophets of Baal and the Bible says that they went into a protracted, long, arduous procession of worship. They worshiped so hard. They danced. They shouted. They cut themselves. They put on this show of worship, but they weren't intimate with the God they were worshiping. And Elijah comes on the scene, and with no overt acts of worship, with no elaborate song, with no dance, with no shout, with a 66-word prayer, he enters into this level of intimacy with God, and God responds. You can worship and not be intimate, but if you are going to pray, you are going to become intimate with who you pray to. That's why prayer is important. If you don't know God, what it does is it reveals you haven't been praying. Because if you were praying, you would become intimate with him. The time you spend in prayer dictates your intimacy level with God. It's not enough to just come and worship. It's not enough to just come and praise. You have got to develop a prayer life so that you become intimate with the Father. And although I do believe very strongly in set-aside moments of prayer where you pull away from the busyness of life, I also believe that one of the most effective and mistypes of prayer is the without-ceasing prayer. Daily interaction, moment by moment, minute by minute, awareness and recognition, recognition of His presence. He's there all the time and he simply wants to dialogue and spend time with you in conversation. I think he wants to be involved in the common things and the complex things of your life. Jesus practiced specific times of prayer, but I also want you to notice that, that, that there was this commonality, this conversational relationship with his father. He just began to talk to him. He On the day that he walks to Lazarus' tomb, it wasn't a protracted time of prayer, pulled away, call all the elders into the house, let's have a six-hour prayer meeting. He just talks to God. When he's hanging on the cross, it's not a prayer meeting. That is not a setting for a prayer meeting. He just dialogues with the father. When he's walking down the path, he dialogues with the Father. It's this constant conversational carrying on with the Father. That is what I am challenging you to learn to do first. I believe that you ought to have set aside specific moments of prayer throughout your day, but I want to challenge you to develop a conversational relationship with the Father where you invite Him into your life to the point that you're constantly and consistently talking to Him because, see, what I think happens is that too many of us run from prayer and we discount the importance of prayer and we separate prayer to a special class of people called prayer warriors. Because we are convinced that we can never become disciplined in long, secluded times of prayer. And so we just give up. Well, I can't come out on a Monday night, so I'm just not going to pray. I, I can't seem to dialogue with God. I, I, just, I have this difficulty of going and, and finding quiet time and getting on my knees and spending an hour in the presence of God. So I just won't pray at all. I must be really weak. 
I must not be a very good Christian. And what I am saying to you is that although you need to do all of that, and yes, you do need to come to prayer meetings, and yes, you do need to find a disciplined time of prayer, I just want to challenge you to up the conversation with God. Begin to daily dialogue with Him and talk to Him. Because here's the, here's the reality. In your life, with whom do you feel the most intimate? Who in your life do you feel the most intimate? I would venture to guess that it's probably those people that you are in constant contact with. You know, those people that call you on your phone and without caller ID. Remember when we didn't used to have caller ID? Remember when we used to have the phone, you had to do this? Yeah. We didn't have any caller ID. And we would call people or people would call us and they never had to say, hey, this is so-and-so. You just picked up the phone and when you heard their voice, guess what? You knew who it was. Right? I wonder if that's how our relationship with the Father is. If we would enter into conversational relationship with Him, we would become acquainted with His voice, the tenor, the tone, the sound, the direction of His voice. The Bible says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. The only way to develop that is to constantly be in contact with Him. You know those people that you're in contact with where you may not have talked to them in a little while and you begin to start the conversation and you don't have to give any background. You don't have to give them any backdrop. It's like you never quit talking. You just pick up where you left off. You got anybody like that in your life? That's how it ought to be with God. In fact, what I noticed out of this account is, is this. Jesus, each time he would go out and find the disciples asleep, the Bible says he would return and pray again. And, he, and it's like, I can't explain it, it's like he just went back and pushed the unpause button. He just picked up right where he left off. It was like there was never even in a break. Even though he was interrupted by the negligence of his own disciples, he just picked up right where he left off. And I wonder how often do we let what should be a pause button become a stop button because we aren't intimate enough to pick up where we left off. See, I, got, I, I just got some bad news for you. You are going to get interrupted. Life is going to happen. Kids happen. Craziness happens. And if you haven't developed an intimate relationship with God, your prayer life will be full of stop buttons rather than unpause buttons. You have got to develop an intimate level with God so that as you pray and are interrupted, you hit the pause button, deal with the interruption, and come back and pick up right where you left off. So intimate with Him that nothing can distract you to the point that it breaks off the prayer. Unpause. Are you in constant prayer to the point that you have a papa, a first name level of intimacy with God, or when you pray, does it feel like you have to start all over and give God all the background information instead of just being so familiar with Him and so in touch with Him that your prayer just flows? In fact, we should be so intimate with God that our prayer should simply be a to-be-continued prayer. In fact, Maybe you ought, I know, see, we think amen is the end of a prayer when amen really means so be it. You know, the literal translation of amen is so be it. It's not the end of a prayer. It's just pause. I'll be back in a little bit and we'll talk some more and then I'll say so be it. We use amen as a stop button. And what God is wanting us to learn is that we should never end any of our prayers. They just carry on. Let, let me give you a, an illustration, maybe an example of, of how intimate I want you to be. I want you to be so intimate with God and have this conversational relationship with Him 
this is a good indicator of whether you are or not. If nobody ever says to you, who are you talking to? You know, the, when they pull up beside you in the car and they, they don't see one of the little earpieces in and nobody else is in the car and they see you talking and they go, who were you talking to? Hey, are you crazy? You ought to be so intimate with God that people begin to ask you, who are you talking to? While you're walking down the halls of your school, maybe your mouth is moving and nothing's coming out. Who are you talking to? Maybe at work, while chaos is going on around you, they just see you sitting over at the side, nodding your head, and they're like, what are you doing? What I'm doing is I'm developing a level of intimacy with who I'm praying to. Your intimacy level with God is not determined by prayer meetings. That ought to... That ought to help some of you right there. Your intimacy level of God is not determined by prayer meetings, but by rather a prayer lifestyle. If it's only about prayer meetings, only those that have the the ability to get away from life completely will ever get close to God. And yes, they may be very close to God, but I want to let you know that you have a mandate on your life to get close to God too, whether you come to the prayer meeting or not. And the only way you can do that is if you pray. Pray. Without ceasing, every day of your life should be bathed in prayer. You should be able to take God into your car, take God into your job, take job into your hobbies. The intimacy level you will develop is determined by whether or not you pray. The second level of intimacy that is revealed is this. You are intimate with who you pray for. The truth is, whether we like it or not, is that our prayer list reveals a good bit about us. If it reveals who you are intimate with, because if you are intimate with someone, you will be compelled to pray for them. You will be so intimately aware of their needs and so acquainted with their pain and so uh, uh, have a revelation of their situation to the degree that what will happen is you will feel this unquenchable compulsion to pray for them. I know what you're going through. Therefore, because I am intimate with you, I will pray for you. And I bring that to your attention because I just want to ask you and say to you that your prayer list reveals your heart and it reveals your compassion level. And I'm concerned that many of us only pray for us. My prayer list is me and mine. We never spend any more time other than praying, God, bless me, bless my kids, bless my wife, bless, bless my car, bless my house, bless my paycheck, bless my cabinets, bless my kids' baseball team. And we never plumb the depths of praying for you and yours. You are intimate with who you pray for. In fact, Jesus reveals his intimacy level in his prayer See, here's the deal. If you want to, to develop a deeper relationship with others, if you want to be connected, I know some of you still feel disconnected in this place. If you want to be connected, the only way to truly get connected is to pray for one another. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. See, you've got to go back to Jesus' extended prayer. I read to you the prayer that he prays in the garden. But you need to back up one chapter in, in, in a different, I'm going to refer to a different account because it gives us more information. But in John chapter 17, right before Jesus goes into the garden to pray, the Bible in John chapter 17 shows us an extended prayer that Jesus prays. In fact, John's gospel in chapter 17 
is 26 verses long. The section I'm talking about is 26 verses long that shows us Jesus' extended prayer. And out of those 26 verses, 20 of those verses is Jesus crying out for his disciples. Get that? That's important. 20 out of 26 verses, Jesus is praying stuff like this. Father, keep them. Father, sanctify them. Father, give them joy. Father, give them unity. God, do this for him. His, his intimacy with his own disciples dominated his prayers. And so what I want to ask you this morning is this. Whose needs dominate your prayers? Whose situation dominates your prayers? I want to challenge you this morning to open up and broaden your prayer list. It's not enough. Your kids may need prayer. Mine do. Amen, Mikhail. Come on. My kids need prayer. But my prayer list needs to be broader than that. Needs to be lengthier than that. There are people sitting around you right now that need somebody to get so intimate with them that they know the needs and the pains and the destruction of their life and they can look at you and say, would you please pray for me? In fact, whether they ever ask you to pray for them or not, you can become intimate with one another as you pray. Who you pray for reveals your intimacy level with others. Too many of us, our prayers are so self-focused that we have no intimacy with anyone else because we can't get past us. I want to challenge you this week. Don't pray for you. That's a tall order. Don't quit praying for your kids. But quit praying for you. Just for one week. Now, you ain't going to have anybody to pray for if you're not intimate with anybody. you got to get past the surface stuff and find out the needs of people's lives. You've got to become intimate, and your intimacy is, de- is revealed by who you pray for. And the last one is this. There's no way around this one. You are intimate with who you pray with. I want you to stop by and just think, just a moment about Jesus. I'm not going to reveal anything about him that you don't already know, but I just want you to stop and think about him just a moment. Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh, the Word. In fact, the Bible says that the Word created everything we see now. Without him, nothing was made. Nothing was created. He has residing in him the power and the authority of God. He is standalone, doesn't need anybody He's God all by himself. But I want you to notice what Jesus does. He was never satisfied just to pray in isolation, although he did. He gives us a glimpse of his heart because he involves other in the others in his prayer life. So here's the million-dollar question. If Jesus needed prayer partners, what do you need? If the Son of the living God with all the power of the universe and the authority to speak it and be done needs somebody to pray with him, then what do you need in your life? You need people that you are intimate with that you pray for one another. 
You're intimate with who you pray for, but you are also intimate with who you pray with. Jesus was intimate with his disciples because he prayed with his disciples. I'm thankful that you share those intimate moments with God. I'm thankful that when you pull away and become isolated, that you see miracles and you feel this revelation of God. But the reality is this, is you will never be as strong as you're supposed to be until you learn to pray with others. You've got to move out of this seclusion setting in your life and involve others in your prayer life and find people that can you can partner with and covenant with that you can learn to pray with, that you can call at any hour and that can call you at any hour and they know you'll pray. You're intimate with who you pray with. I want to say it like this. You're going to probably grow very close to the people you vacation with. You know, those people that see you at your worst and see you after a full day at Six Flags and they still love you, you're going to get intimate with those people. You're probably going to develop some level of intimacy with the people that you uh, ride to school with. You're probably going to have developed some type of intimacy level with the people that you carpool with, that you work with. You're probably going to develop some level of intimacy with the people you watch the football game with. But I want to say this to you this morning. There is this supernatural bond that is developed. I don't understand it. I only know that it takes place and can only take place when you learn to pray with someone. When you look at someone in the eyes and say, can we pray together? There is this heart level of intimacy that you can find no other way. That is why it's important when we ask you to move out of your seat and go pray for someone that you do because you can stand out there in the lobby and talk about sports all day long. You can even go eat together after service and develop some level of intimacy, but you will never become more intimate with anyone as you do when you pray for one another. When I look you square in the eyes and I say, is there anything I can pray about? And out of your own depth of your spirit, you say, yes. And I see the pain. I see the hurt. I see the destruction. I see the situation. Or maybe it's a praise report. I see the joy. I see the the exaltation. I see the miracle working power of God active in your life. At that moment, there is this supernatural connection that takes place and you become intimate with one another. And what I would say to some of you is this. Some of you have been coming here way too long to still have no intimate relationship with anybody. How can we become intimate with each other if we don't pray for and pray with each other? Well, I don't know how to pray. That's all right. I'm not asking you to impress me with your eloquence. Even if you have to pray, choosy moms choose Jesus. I don't care. Even if you don't know, if if you don't know how to pray and all, you can say, I believe I can fly. I'll take it because out out of this desire to communicate with God through each other and with each other, we will be connected at the soul level. And an interesting thing happens, an interesting thing happens when we spend that time together in that type of prayer. What happens is, is that 
when we're not together. Because we're not together all the time, right? I mean, some of us only see each other on Sunday mornings, right? But an interesting thing happens. I don't understand this. I just know that when we pray for one another and we pray with one another when we're together, all I know is that something supernatural takes place and sometimes in the middle of the night, God wakes us up and we pray for people we're not even with but once a week. And God reveals things about each other and we feel a compulsion to pray for one another. You cannot establish that by only talking about sports and by only talking about work and by only talking about clothes and by only talk. You can only develop that as you learn to pray for and to pray with. If Jesus needed people to pray with him, are you above him? Are you stronger than him? No. If Jesus needed 12, you probably would need 36. In fact, I would say it like this. If Jesus needed 12, I probably need 126. I need people in my life that understand what's going on in my life. See, what happens is when we begin to pray with one another, what you do is you literally give people entrance into your soul. People that will care for your soul. Will they always get it right? No. Go back and read the story. The disciples blew it miserably. Didn't they? Couldn't even stay awake. But Jesus didn't give up on them. He recognizes that he needed needs them, and so do we. We need one another. Who do you pray with? Who prays with you? Prayer is about intimacy. Prayer is not about a format. Prayer is not about a special room. Prayer is not about a special meeting, although we do those things. Prayer is simply when you pull it down to the foundation. Prayer is simply and completely about intimacy level. And there's no way to get intimate with God without prayer. So I'm going to teach you how to pray this morning. Y'all want to learn how to pray? Here you go. It start, it's about like this. What's going on? Y'all doing all right? Everything okay this morning? Had a good week? Any problems in your life? Anything going? Probably struggled a little bit, didn't you? Just talking. Just hanging out. That is prayer. But you didn't say thee or thine or thou or glory. Or Let me tell you, the most intimate times of moments with God in my life are those moments when I'm all by myself in my car and I just say to God, hey, what's going on? Had a good week? And he goes, any struggles in your life? Anything I need to help you with? Have you listened to me lately? I have to turn the radio down sometimes to do all that. But I just want to help you develop a prayer life. That is a prayer life. That is the most intimate prayer life that you can establish. Because how many of you know we pray differently when we pray out loud in front of people? Because can I, can I clue you in on a little something? I'm going to reveal. I'm going to be real transparent here, here just for a moment. Most of the time when people take a microphone and begin to pray, they're really not praying to God. They're praying for you to hear. It's one of the greatest challenges I have every Sunday morning when I pick up this microphone is to make sure I'm not just praying so you can hear me pray. 
that I'm actually trying to connect to God. And some of you are in the same boat. You may never get the microphone, but as you stand next to people, you're praying not to God, but you're praying to impress them. And what I want to do is to teach you to develop a very intimate dialogue with God so that there's never a stop button. It's just a pause button. And I come back and I say, back again. How was your week? I need some help. I need you to move in my life. It's not fancy. It's just effective. And it's intimate. So my challenge for you this week is threefold. Number one, you have to develop an intimate relationship with God, and the only way that you can do that is to pray. If you don't spend any time in prayer this week, you will not be intimate with Him. Second, I want to challenge you this week that you've got to pray for somebody other than you. You don't understand my problems. I know, but your problems will seem to diminish as you pray for somebody else. Have you ever figured that out? When you get your eyes off your own problems and get them on somebody else's problems, your problems don't look so bad. So I want to challenge you this week to spend significant time driving in your car, sitting in your cubicle, eating a sandwich, and at the same time, praying for somebody other than you. And it will be a challenge, I promise you, because we are so... Stuck in the rut of praying for us. I got needs. And I really like me. So I'm going to pray for me. And I just want to ask you to do this. Every time that starts to happen this week, stop. You'll be two sentences in before you catch it. And then stop. Oh, wasn't supposed to pray for me. And then the third thing I wanted to challenge you to do, and it can start this morning, is I want you to learn to pray for others so that others will pray for you. Why do you think anybody else would be praying for you if you ain't praying for anybody else? Well, that was good right there. Some of you are trusting the fact. You are, you, you're just like, man, I, I hope somebody's praying for me. I need a, 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 an entire army of prayer. We'll start the prayer chain. I need people to pray for me. But if you're not praying for anybody, why should anybody pray for you? Because if you haven't developed an intimacy level enough with anybody else to pray for them and with them, chances are nobody's intimate enough with you to pray with or for you. And so I just want to challenge you. You've got to develop a level of intimacy with those in this room and in this body and other people in your life so that you literally pray for one another whether you know how to pray or not. So we're going to practice this this morning. And it's going to be awkward for some of you. So I played the video to teach you how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, just say, through the rocket's red glare, Lord. And they'll recognize that you probably don't know how to pray very well. What I really want you to do is just in very conversational ways, just pray for one another. Because what happens when we do that is our, our, our soul opens up to one another then probably later this week, without you even know it, knowing it, God will prick their heart and remind them what they prayed on Sunday, and they will pray for you again. And you'll pray for them again. I want you to stand with me this morning. 
Father, this morning, I'm asking you to simply up our intimacy level. God, I pray that we would become very intimate with you to the point that we have that Papa, Father, that family kind of conversation that without ceasing prayer would invade our lives where we simply push the pause button and quit stopping. God, I remove any uh, heaviness from people and that second-class Christian feeling that we often get when we run into people that spend hours in prayer a day in a secluded place. I pray that we would begin to spend hours of prayer every day but it would be different. I pray that as we ride in our car and as we go through our day's work and as we mow and as we shop and as we do our homework and as we eat, we watch our kids play sports, as we watch TV, that in the back of our minds, in our spirit, there would be this ongoing dialogue and conversation with you that never stops. Never stops. Father, I pray that you'd increase our intimacy level with those around us. I pray that our prayer list would expand, and I pray that it would deepen. I pray that we would quit praying for us so much. This week, I pray, God, that as we begin to pray, if we kind of slide over into what we normally do, bless me and mine, I pray that suddenly you would remind us of what we've heard today, and we would begin to pray for those around us. Father, I pray in Jesus' name we would begin to pray with one another. And we wouldn't do so to impress one another. We wouldn't do it in a manner to try to drop each other's jaws with our eloquency and our deep theological understanding. Instead, what we would do is we would just get involved in each other's lives to the place that we would know what we need to pray about. And we would be very intimate with one another. And we would give each other intimacy levels by opening our soul to one another. So that we can pray with one another because there's power in our prayer. Your word teaches us that wherever two or three gather together and agree, when we come into agreement, there's power. And the only way we can agree effectively is when we know what's going on in each other's lives. And so, Father, this morning I pray that as we move into this time of intimacy and prayer, as awkward as it may be for some of us, I I just pray that you would present us opportunities to find prayer partners that we can rely on, that we can call in the middle of the night and know that somebody's crying out for us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. So be it. This is how I want us to do this. I'm dismissing you. Some of you will run for your lives. I understand. I'm asking you just to explore this a little bit. It'll be odd. Some of you don't know each other that well. It's because you can worship without being intimate. I'm asking you to move beyond your comfort zones and to find somebody. And just very conversationally look at them in the eye and say, can I pray with you? They may share their life story. Some of you are quick to do that. Some of you wouldn't tell us. 
if you accidentally killed an insect this week, you wouldn't tell us. You don't want anybody to know nothing. You take them at whatever level they're at. Some of you are going to get your foot in the door. Some of you are going to find yourself, the door's been thrown wide open. You're going to go, oh, my word, I didn't want all that. Doesn't matter. It's about developing intimacy. And if you'll just start the ball in motion this week, six weeks from now, when they see you in service, they may come running to you and say, hey, I need you. And so I dismiss you this morning this way. I want to challenge you to find somebody, look them square in the eyes. Can I prayest for thouest? You freak, get out of my face. No, I just want you to look. Hey, is there anything really? Come on, I know life can't be perfect. Is there something? Dog died this week. What can I do? Can I pray? Just be real. Be who God called you to be. And then spend just a few moments doesn't have to be six hours. Just a few moments. Take hands. Pray for one another. And see if God doesn't begin to birth intimacy in this body and in your life. In Jesus' name. You're dismissed. been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.